I did like a procedural generation ghost recon type game where it's like it creates a landscape. Creates the level for you? Yeah, it creates a landscape with like grass textures and like trees and all that stuff. Was that um, hard to do in the Half Life engine? Uh, it's not built for procedural generation, but it's not. But I mean, it's basically just spawning objects, objects in the world. Right. Okay. I should just say random generation. It's more <laughs> just like <laughs> there weren't many rules involved there. Yes. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Hi everybody, this is Soren Johnson and you are listening to Designer Notes, a podcast about why we make games. Today, we are talking to independent game developer Brendan Chung, best known for his work on Adam Zombie Smasher, 30 Flights of Loving, and Quadrilateral Cowboy. Cool, so where I, uh, where I usually like to start with is, what's the first video game that you remember? The first video game I remember. Okay, so this was on an XT PC. Okay. Uh, my uncle used to work on computers, and he gave us our first family computer. What is this like? The mid eighties, late eighties? Definitely the eighties. I don't remember. I want to say like mid eighties or so. Yeah. Late eighties. Um, and there's a there's a folder called C drive slash games. On the computer. You got the computer and there's just a folder that says games. Wow. Okay. Try not to click it. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we go to CD games and then DIR. And we had just learned DOS. Okay, right. And it was just like a screen full of EXE files. Okay. And it turns out there's just a billion games. Um, Who so would have put these games on the computer? My uncle put them on there. Okay. <laughs> you right. pre-installed a computer with <laughs> good stuff. Uh, so there was... Uh, root beer tapper. Okay. There was a dig dug ripoff. Yep. Um, but the one I my my brother and I played a lot was uh, this game called Gapper. Gapper, I don't know that one. Gapper's a weird game. It's so it's a imagine like a like a three by three grid. Okay. And then your like a tic tac toe board. Like a tic tac toe board. And I think of them as tracks. So then uh-huh. your dot is like on one of the lines and it moves along the track. Okay. Um, there's another dot chasing you around mm-hmm. and oh, I'm trying to, oh yeah so the, the goal is to to fill up all the lines oh okay and so you got to fill up all the lines while avoiding this other dot and there's 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 some weird mechanic where you press spacebar to like drop a node and it'll like block, block it pro- right okay but hence the name gapper yeah okay <laughs> yeah. huh uh, yeah there were a lot of like weird geometric games back then. I remember. I guess they were all probably like derivations of Snake, like ultimately. Yeah. But huh. Okay. Games you could do with four colors on your CGA <laughs> computer. Oh man. Uh, so that's so you started playing games on on the XT. Yeah. And um, like, uh, what did you did you get into video games a lot at that age? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, all of my friends had Nintendos and Ataris. Okay. And our family had a PC. Okay. And, uh, which is great. I mean, I loved it. It gave me, like, this very, I don't know, specific taste in games, I guess. Right. Um, so, but you played games over at their house? Or not? No. I, no? I did not grow up in the, with consoles. Right. But, uh... So you knew PC. your friends had them, but you were yeah. stuck with the PC. Yeah, I was in the PC world. Okay. Um, so all these, all these cultural touchstones of, like, Nintendo and Zelda, I... 
I'm missing. I kind of don't really have the connection that a lot yeah. of people do. Yeah. Um, but Sierra Games. Okay. Checks <laughs> parser games. So, yeah. You're all over. I'm all over it. All right. So what were you? What were you playing? Uh, well, yeah, the old Sierra, like Heroes Quest and Heroes Space Quest. Quest, King's Quest, Police Quest, <laughs> all <laughs> the Quest Heroes series, the, the Quest franchise. Yeah, yeah, those were really big on me. Um, were you able to like figure them out on your own, or did you get hint books, or like how did you work your way through them? Because they're kind of <laughs> looking back, they're kind of like bizarrely designed. You know, they are bizarrely designed looking back, but I think at that time period. You just kind of accepted them, for, like you. Yeah, we right. didn't know. Like we didn't know better. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucasfilm knew better. They were actually making much better like adventure games at the time. Did you play Maniac Mansion or yeah, Dragon? Okay. Those, Did you go ahead? Yeah, those, those very much felt like to me. They felt like a reaction to the Sierra games. Okay. Like, they're all about um, you can't die. Like the choices. Like the movie. The story always progresses forward, um, which felt like. I think it sounds so simple now, but at mm. that time period, it was like, this is this is wild. I can't believe someone's <laughs> doing this. And yeah. like, this is unheard of. Yeah. Because just Sierra games were just like the way things were. I think it's a sign of just how hard it is to like make actual change. Because like, because a lot of this stuff seems fairly obvious, right? But the Sierra games were basically all like an offshoot of the kind of old treasure hunt text adventure type games, mm. which were, you know, they were meant to be difficult, they were meant to be puzzles, they were definitely not really stories, right? And, like, and yeah, the solutions could be really, really difficult. Um, like, in many ways, that was kind of like, you know, the, the designers took, like, pride in, like, you know, basically messing with the player, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, how do you change that, how do you change that perception? I think you have to almost... You know, you can't do it inside the <laughs> inside the system, right? Um, so, like even the early LucasArts games kind of still dipped into that. Where like Maniac Mansion, there were, if I remember correctly, there were points where you could kind of put yourself in unwinnable situations. You get stuck, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until like I don't know, like Monkey Island or something like that, where it's like, nope, we're yeah, going yeah. to. Yeah, that was <laughs> like, the worst of the worst for like adventure games. Was like not the like random deaths. But, like, you forgot to pick up the wrench in, like, the first room, and, like, you make it all the way to the end. They're like, you got the wrench to solve the game? Oh, you don't? Well, geez. Yeah. I guess you're not a very good adventure player, you know? So a really good one is in the game Return to Zork. Okay, yeah. Which was a full motion, I don't know, reboot of the Zork franchise. Full motion of video? It had full motion video. This is a CD, like, CD, one of the earlier CD-ROM games. Oh, wow. I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think there there was also a non-CD-ROM version, so maybe that was... Okay. um, It was, like, auxiliary stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. So on the very first screen, you you win this uh, sweepstakes prize to go to the Land of Zork. And then you go there, except now it's all, you know, desolate, post-apocalyptic, I find what happened. So the very first screen, you find that you're on this little trail... And there's a plant on the ground. And it actually had a pretty cool UI or interface where you click on a object in the screen and then it'll open this like diamond of all the things you can do with it. So you can uh, look at it, you can taste it, you can touch it, you can, you know, whatever. Um, and among the options for the plant were um, pull it out of the ground or use a knife to dig it out of the ground. Okay. It's like, okay, I, I, they seem 
pretty similar, so what's the big deal? Right. The gag is, later on in the game, uh, I'm not, I, I might be missing some details, but like to go into this comedy club, you need to show them this plant. And if you pull it, by then the plant will be dead. dead. <laughs> Because you're a terrible person and you killed this plant when you could have saved it. Wow. It's great. Was that, like, was going into the comic club, like, did that stop your progression? Yeah. Oh, my... I, if I, I think so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's amazing that that's how they, they make games. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just design. But yeah. I think just design, like, standards or uh, common practices just kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. It was just the, the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, when you look back, are you, like, nostalgic for the Sierra games? Or, like, how do you feel about that whole period? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, they definitely, like, shaped the kinds of games that I want to make. Mm, um, in what way? In that, uh, like, when I, so my first kind of dabbling in game development was making maps for Doom. Okay. Doom 1, Doom 2. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was, like, really into, um, you know, Day of the Tentacle and, uh, you know, uh, the McAllen games. And I was really into point-and-click adventure games, and I was like, whoa, this, like, first-person things are a thing now. This is right. wild. I would... I, I'm going to try to, like... Why, why isn't someone, like, marrying... Uh, making an adventure game with a first-person yeah. perspective. Okay. yeah. Yeah. And, like, so I spent, I don't know, years of my uh, junior high career <laughs> just <laughs> trying to make these, like, story-based uh, Doom, Doom maps, okay. which is very challenging. I would guess. Wow. Doom doesn't have uh, much, like, scripting or, you know, what, anything. What, what were they like? I mean, what, were, what, was, the, what was the game? Uh, they were not very good. Uh, right. right. They were what you would expect a twelve-year-old boy to make. <laughs> so, um, my my big uh, so I I don't remember much from it, but like one of them was you you start in this hallway, okay, and at the end of the hallway is this you know space station door that's like slightly ajar but it's still almost closed, and next to it is a button, mm-hmm. um, and then when you walk up to the door. Uh, and then you, you put your cursor on the, the button on the wall and you press the use button and just nothing happens. Right. What you needed to do was you needed to look directly at the door and frob it, like touch touch the door, mm-hmm. and then the door opens. And my in my mind, the player was like pulling out a crowbar <laughs> and like prying open the door. Right, yeah, yeah. And I thought I was brilliant. I right, thought... Right, right. 12-year-old me was, like, a genius for doing this. Right, right. It's uh, not the button. It's yeah. this thing that's yeah. going on, yeah. And it just felt like a bug. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Wow. Cool. All right, so uh, maybe we'll jump back a little bit. So you're in your play adventure games. Mm-hmm. Were you, like, learning to program at that point? Or, like, did you did you mess around with the computer technically? Or? Um, yeah, I was spending a lot of time doing Q-Basic. Okay. Which is like a really um, simplistic programming thing that Windows or Microsoft includes on their computers. Um, they're known for the games Snake <laughs> and Gorillas. Uh. Gorillas is this game; it's an artillery game where two gorillas throw bananas at each other. Oh, okay. And it's a uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
I think I played the game, but it wasn't bananas and it wasn't gorillas. No. <laughs> it was a different thing that was. Yeah, you see those artillery games. There's a lot of artillery games yeah. back then, yeah. Um, um, and I was real, also really into this thing called Autodesk Animator, mm-hmm. which was a uh, kind of a traditional cell animation, 320 by 200 animation program. Okay. Um, yeah, I just spent like, all my time just trying to emulate like intros to video games. Okay, you mean, you mean like there's a game you like, yeah, and you would create your own fan video uh, of the intro, just basically? straight up trying to copy it, <laughs> just <laughs> trying to copy it. Oh, so you just they they did an intro and you're trying to do the same intro, just trying to emulate whatever they did and okay. just trying to, just to see if you could do it, basically. Yeah, because like like the the intro to like X, which game? Okay, go ahead. The intro to XCOM, right? The XCOM, uh, the original one from 1994, mm-hmm. is this gorgeous like. 2D animated thing, um, and I just spent all my time just trying to like copy whatever they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, were you? Um, so you're learning basic. You're learning, so you you were you also always doing kind of art as well? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the programming stuff I was doing kind of just for fun, but like the art stuff was where I was kind of devoting all my energy doing um because like at that time like making games was something like there weren't is that how you conceived yourself creatively like i'm like i'm an art guy basically is that what you mean uh it was what i had access to doing like Uh if i wanted to do um programming my only outlet was QBasic. Mm-hmm. I and mean, in QBasic it's just it's just text. Like uh, mm-hmm. you could do kind of like ASCII art. Yeah. But at that time like I didn't I don't know that required kind of like a skill set that I just didn't have. Yeah. Um I was I would have loved to do like game design, but the most I could do was just like if the game happened to have their data in a human readable format, you I could, could like modify them. Yeah. But like we didn't I didn't have a tool set to use. I didn't have, um, uh, you know, some easy, uh, affordable thing that I could just make my own games with. Yeah. Um, so art was just something that, oh, because I could, I had MS Paint and I had Autodesk Animator. This is like the one thing that I have access to, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until like Doom that like, oh, whoa, game tools are actually a thing that yeah. I have now. Yeah, you had to be really determined to actually program back then. Because yeah. we, I had a conversation before in Amiga, and I, I taught myself basic, but, like, there was just a giant leap to, like, doing something that was beyond, I mean, I think I made, like, a text adventure, um, and then, like, you know, I, I really had no idea how to actually start making graphics, right? Yeah. And even if I could, I couldn't, I'm oh, still a terrible artist, so, like, there's not like I could have done anything with it, and so... Yeah, sometimes you know, I meet a lot of developer, developers that are like roughly my age, and they were like making full games like back when they were a kid. And I was like, "What was wrong with me?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was falling by the curve or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a lot different now. Like, yeah, like the 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 hump to making keyboard buttons make things move on a screen now right. is like uh, it's something you could do like. Five minutes of Google search. Yeah, yeah. But like, with at least for me, of trying to make QBasic do that was incredibly like a 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a mountain to climb. Yeah. What other games did you like during this this era? Like, you know, before kind of like Doom got there and you started to get into modding. I played. I played every PC game. I was really into SimCity. I sure. was really into XCOM. Um, what, what did you like about those games? They were just these really beautiful games that, like, aesthetically were gorgeous. Um, that gameplay-wise, they brought up all these, like, I don't know, feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, SimCity is just fun because I... It's just fun to, like, see systems move. It's just fun to see, like, a machine... Uh, all the parts inside the machine just kind of, like, interlocking with each other and, like, affecting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, XCOM, I had very strong bonds with okay. all of my little digital soldiers. Sure, yeah. Uh... Yeah, you just uh, you just go through so many missions with these little tiny people. Would and, you like, would you accept deaths? I was a dirty, dirty safe scum. <laughs> okay, I was horrible about that. I wish we had actual metrics on like I mean, that's already like cheating the system, kind of. So you can't really, I think, judge it. But like, I wish we knew because I think everyone like admires that you know like XCOM permadeath. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I, I was an XCOM guy, but like, who knows, like. <laughs> How many people actually play the game that way? Um, have you played the Have you played like the modern XCOM that Firaxis did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played the um, XCOM the the reboot. Right, and right. Right now, I'm playing. Or I'm trying out XCOM Two, the Long War mod. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts about like how the original compared with like you know the the reboot? Uh, it's different. I mean, I like both of them for you know very different reasons. Um, like, the original one, like, as much as I like the original one, mm-hmm. I sometimes, well, thinking about it now, it kind of feels like going back in time to a different time, like, we're talking about adventure games, or mm-hmm. like very yeah. old school design, and it kind of feels like going in a time machine and, like, going back to old school design, um, and I'm not sure if modern Brendan, like, how I would, how would... You handle it back then? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, the, the newest comic feels like it's, you know, it's taken decades of game design and kind of, like, made it work for, you know, current audiences, current control schemes, current, you know, current everything. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I never played XCOM back in the day, and then I tried, basically, uh-huh. to, like, play it, you know, when, when like, Jake was making the new one. And, right. Um, it was... I just found the missions took far, far too long. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's... Time, I think, is the thing that has changed the most with, you know, modern games versus old games. Is like, the games were just abusive of players' time. I mean, they just didn't... They, I don't think they really even thought about it. You know, it's like, oh, there's only one alien left in this enormous <laughs> environment? Well, find it. You know, you got 12 guys, you got to move them every turn. That's no big deal, right? That sounds like yeah. a good use of about half an hour. And you know? and we all loved it. And this <laughs> that's, you know, that's just the way it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Do you feel like there's anything that that the new the new version lost, like something that was stronger about the old one? Um, I mean, I did. I guess on like on a more I don't know conceptual level, there was something incredibly um, satisfying about how the original XCOM felt more like a simulation. Mm-hmm. It felt like there were just a million variables, and they were all just like bouncing against each other. And you just ended up with these situations. Uh, whereas the new one kind of feels like it... 
for, for me, it feels like it has a very board game feel to it. Yeah. Where it's very, like... I don't know how to quite how to describe that or verbalize it, but like the way that board games work is very different from like a, a computer driven yeah, simulation. It's more chunky. You're making bigger decisions. Yeah, yeah. Like telling it's you like, more about them, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's actually pretty much the terms that uh, Jake Solomon, the designer of the new ones, that's how he describes it. Is like he's like I like the original one is like I see it as like a simulation. Mm. You know, they were trying to like. You know, have all of this stuff running, yeah. and we have we're as a more directed experience. Right. Our game is you know it's more gamey. It, yeah, it's obviously more board game aspects. Um, so, yeah. I mean, what's nice is that like now games like the tools for making games are so widespread now that, and the the the, the amount of people just making games now is so widespread that if you do want that more uh, classic XCOM feel, you could just play. Xenonauts, or right. just play like other like XCOM like games. Yeah. Well, I, I you know I'd say beyond that, like now it's we're at the point where those type of differentiates is diff those type of differences are an actual aesthetic choice. Yes. Right. Like I don't think they actually thought in those terms when they made the original XCOM. Whereas now it's like, well, you want a simulation style game? Well, you should probably go play like RimWorld, right? right. You know, something like that. Where it's like, well, that's the whole point of this the system. They know they know they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it has a specific audience for that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, did you play Civ back during this period? You know, I I never got into Civ. I did play a bit of uh, Colonization. Okay. For some reason, I didn't like Civ like a. Uh, Something about it, I couldn't like grasp onto it, but colonization. Really? <laughs> yeah, it just felt like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I want to go. Submit, I want to go subjugate those 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 Native Americans. Like this, finally, the whole building up a civilization, whatever. But I guess there was something more about like Civ that felt kind of more abstract. Whereas uh, colonization was like the, the there's a very tangible. Um, yeah, there's like a very set theme of like you're coming to this new country and you're uh, you know starting civilization and. Right. Uh, I guess I kind of build off of my preconceptions about colonization and, and America yeah. and all this stuff. No, that's true. That's a huge difference. I mean, yeah. civilization always has this kind of issue where it's like, it has to be a little cartoony because the ideas behind it are so kind of bizarre, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, colonization, you know, it's all, you know, it's still a game, but, like, it's a, you know, if you squint, you're like, eh, yeah. you know, <laughs> This looks real-ish, you know. Or a civilization, you really can't like pretend, right? Yeah. Um, so, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, like I played Civilization first, and then Colonization came out, and I'm like, so wait, I, the the next version is like a smaller game of the last version, <laughs> which now I think I actually be like, oh yeah. great, yeah, some balls. Like you made a, you know, you're making an amazing design choice, but that's not how I thought when I was like a teenager or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, Hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, what else did you play? Like RPGs back then, or like what else did you do at this time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was just playing every game that was out there. Um, mm-hmm. I was really into uh, uh, like the Planescape Torment game was okay. amazing. Yeah. Um, the Baldur's Gate games were amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's just something about like. Just the the characters and like the world building and the the there there have you played Planescape Torment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hit a wall okay. because I just kind of was like I, it feels like a book. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love Baldur's Gate. I played through all the Baldur's Gates. Played yeah. through all the Icewind Dales. Um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm a little. I, I tend to favor the mat, like games are about you know mechanics and like right. eternal stuff. So sure. like I kind of, I kind of admired what they were doing with Planescape. Like totally. it seemed pretty interesting. Like I was like, this is not a normal game, <laughs> but there's just a lot of text here. So yeah, I I couldn't finish. I didn't finish it myself. I think I got distracted by something. Um, but there's one moment that's like one of my favorite game moments ever, where so for for. The very first thing you you start off in the morgue and yep. you wake up from the dead and uh, next to you is your little like floating skull buddy called Mort. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you and Mort just like go on all these adventures and you meet all these people, um, and then at some point you enter this um, this vault mm-hmm. that you built for yourself in a previous time, and then oh, so this is super spoilers by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. Yeah. Um, uh, and at some point. For some, I don't remember the details, but like, you find a, a so you cover in tattoos that describe right what happened. Yeah, you describe what happened, and you discover that one of the tattoos on your back that you haven't been able to read because it's on your back and you can't read mm-hmm. your back, but you find that one of those tattoos on your back just says, "Don't trust the skull." Really? And my mind blew open. <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> Are you kidding me?" Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's fascinating. Did the people, uh, was it Christopher Nolan or is, who wrote Memento? Oh yeah, the Nolan, Christopher Nolan. It was one of the, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a brother, right, who does some, I, oh, right. I, I, don't, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know the details, but like, did they play Planescape Torment? Because <laughs> like, geez. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean it's a good game. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, hope, I hope they played it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Wow, that 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 is pretty cool. That's uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, it's obviously those are super creative games. So yeah, yeah, they do with all the good cool. stuff. Yeah, um, um, cool. And then I guess obviously you got into Doom. Uh, yeah, um, Doom came out. Did you like 3D. you? Okay, you start with Wolfenstein. That was the first one, right? Yeah. And uh, what? Why did you connect with these games? Or did you just it was just like so visceral, or what was it? It, yeah, it was just so unlike anything I had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love, I love the idea of diving into these worlds and of like exploring and meeting characters. Did you like? I mean, there were you know sort of action or fast paced games mm-hmm. before. Yeah, they just obviously weren't you know first person. Did you like those type of games, Twitch type style games, or uh, or not? Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of bad at video games. So right, right, yeah. <laughs> anything that requires like a lot of skill, I generally don't don't you know, gravitate toward. Yeah. Um, but there's something about like the first person perspective, mm-hmm. like of putting me like at ground level into this world and giving this this granular control over mm-hmm. moving my character around. Uh, it was it was I had a very just strong reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. Like the 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 Doom, they call it at that time the the, the Doom clone uh, genre, mm-hmm. and it just blew up. And I was incredibly happy to see like all these games. So you played all of them. You I played. played I played the Hexens and the Duke Nukem's and the like everything. Yeah, I played a lot of them. Okay, what was the best from like like what was the the best thing from that period? Uh, there were a lot of good ones. Um, I'm thinking, uh, which one was it? Hexen 2 was really good. Okay. Uh, this what was, made it so good? Yeah, so Hexen 2 was the sequel to Heretic 2, I believe. And 
It wasn't a sequel to Hexen? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, wait, that sounds odd. Is it Her- Hexen 2 Heretic? I'm thinking Hexen 1. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, okay. there, uh, yeah there's some crazy naming schemes. <laughs> yeah. Video games uh, need, yeah. like a board to keep us like from shooting ourselves in the foot. But uh, Hexen 1 okay. still used the Doom engine. Okay. And Hexen 2 used the Quick engine. So Hexen 1 was amazing because like, um, A, you were not... Like it wasn't like the the gritty space marine setting, and it wasn't modern time setting. It was like the some bizarre fantasy universe. Okay. Um, so that one, I mean, that by itself was. Were you like shooting fireballs, or you were shooting fireballs, shooting lightning spells? You okay. were shooting like your staff had this like pointy shooty thing. Yeah. Um, and it just had these incredible like animations and art. Um. For some reason, your hand, like, it showed, like, your hand doing these crazy gestures and, like, spells mm-hmm. coming out. And for some reason, your hand was all withered up <laughs> and looked disgusting. Okay. Right. Uh, and... Uh, you sure that wasn't just bad art? <laughs> I mean, I... I in my it's, mind, it's it was this friend. gnarly wizard hand. Uh, it was like, all right, I could get into a gnarly wizard hand. This uh, is good. Um, but the I think the one that I... Actually, I was just talking about this last night with someone. Was um, the game Strife? I don't remember that at all. Uh, Strife was made by a company called. Uh, boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna fudge it up, so I don't know what I'm gonna say it. But I don't right, look um, it up on the internet. Yeah, look on the internet, and it, it's you know it's fantastic. Uh, okay. Strife was used the Doom engine, um, but it was kind of like this systemic like simulated world mm-hmm. um so it had characters that were just like not monsters they're just okay. like people like bystanders. villagers bystanders yeah um it had they, like they would get killed too i assume yeah you could totally kill them if you wanted to or you could not kill them right uh it had dialogue trees uh okay. it had like a hub world that you turn to when you, between missions um the premise was like some it was like kind of a, a that sounds pretty advanced like it's going yeah. down the like Ultima Underworld or DSX path or something. Exactly. It was like, it felt like a streamlined version of those games, like Immersive Sim game. Okay. Because um, it, it was still like pretty traditional Doom controls and, you know, kept things very like, I don't know, clean. Um, and uh, one thing that I remember was you could go into like, a, kind of like a mall basically, where you go into like the shops, restaurants and all this stuff. And if you pull out your gun, these metal shutters suddenly come down on oh, all the shop all windows, the shop windows yeah. and all the cops start like barging in. It's like this is this is like exactly the kind of thing that I was desperately trying to like right. find or make. Yeah. Or uh, it's funny. I mean, think how like simple that is, right? Like it left an amazing impression on you, but like. It's not like an adventure game where they have to guess, like, the entire English language. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, our character's going to walk into the mall. What might they do? They might pull out their gun. It's a shooter, right? Like, <laughs> no, this isn't like... Like, they're pretty sure there's a good chance that would happen. And then, well, let's do something, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's... Of... I mean, that's smart. It's just funny. Like, it's... You know? Yeah, it just it just felt like... Yeah, I mean, this is something that a game can put in. Why isn't someone doing it? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they just did it. Um, and I kind of like, I don't know, I, I still kind of subscribe to the idea that, um, like when, whenever people ask me what tech I use, I generally use like older right. engine stuff. 
Um, and like for me, uh, it kind of doesn't. It never has felt like a limiting factor. Sure. Because like you don't need like the tech that Strife had, the yeah. Doom One engine had. You can still do amazing things in it. You can still like uh, the interactions like that are not limited by you know when the engine was made. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way, but like that kind of by definition, your games being used on these older engines meant that your games could have been made. 15 years ago or whenever yeah. like like what's Quadro Cowboys on what it's engine it's a Doom 3 engine and that came out in 2000 uh 2006 so yeah 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 uh, I mean when you look at like the the games that are coming out now you can kind of like do a thought exercise of like how can I can this game be transplanted mm. to tech from 2001 right and I think a lot of times the answer is yes <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, it's usually it's a failure of. I mean, I don't want to say failure of imagination sounds bad. It's just like you didn't have all this other stuff to build off of, right? Right? You know, like there just weren't a lot of examples of people doing things differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not so much about tech; it's more about like the state of games and like where things are and like how we perceive UI and UX yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and I think people are kind of like almost too hard on themselves when they talk about like gaming and innovation because like things are fundamentally different than they were, you know, even five or ten years ago. Yeah. Like, what people expect out of a game, right? Like, and it's hard to look point to any one thing because, like, just games are just rising in general, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, so did you get into the immersive sims as well? Like, the uh, your Thieves and your Deus Exes and your Ultima Underworlds? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think my computer was not... Uh, right. You didn't have an yeah. XT at this point. Presumably. Yeah, I was always kind of like a generation Generate. behind in <laughs> there's technology. A th- there's a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but among those, the one I really got into, and the one that kind of like changed the way I looked at games, was uh, the Thief games. Okay. Yep. Because um, like for me, for me, those games felt like they were doing something really interesting and like really. Um, you know, unlike things I've seen before. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it felt like the Thief games were not overextending their reach. Like, they were very focused on doing this one specific character of, you are Garrett, mm-hmm. you are good at thieving, mm-hmm. but you are bad at fighting. And, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And it was very, like, very focused. And it still, like, gave you lots of latitude in, like, the possibility space. But, um, but it, it played to its strength, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I really appreciated it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was. Yeah, I, I loved. I love Thief. Yeah. And like I totally, I totally see it the same way you did. In that, like, um, I, I didn't get into Deus Ex at all because it was just like, I just had no idea what was going on, and like the for everything I tried seemed to fail, and I was like, this game is just kind of crazy, <laughs> you know. But like Thief was so focused. Yeah. On like what I was trying to do, and like you could even I, there was probably like a card you like listed all the arrows. And it's like you already have a sense of like <laughs> these are my these are like the nouns in the game, right? Like you exactly. know, and like you know the the moss arrows for the the greats or whatever, and like all these things kind of fit together, and like it, um, yeah, it was just like they were trying to accomplish what was like what was they could, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and maybe you know like as the game is like wow like. Waiting is waiting can be fun, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, because before, before like you're in the space, you're all there's always supposed to be pressure on you, right? And like it's one of the first games that like 
at least that I played, where like it, it lets you do that. I mean, I yeah. I used to play a lot of um, other like the Rainbow Six games. Oh, yeah, with Definitely. some like some friends, uh, sure. like the, the, particularly because there are four of us, so we always play these games together, <laughs> and. Uh, and we did the terrorist hunt, you know, there's tons of terrorists, and, like, we would do it, like, so slowly, you know, like, okay, I'm going to be on the right side of the door, you're going to be on the left side of the door, you go look through the window, or when you count to five, I'll shoot to the left, you shoot to the right, you know, and, like, um, and, yeah, I mean, we were playing the game ridiculously slowly, but, like, it was fun, I don't know. Yeah. If- <laughs> I mean, you were, like, it was kind of like role-playing, because, right. like, you were, you were given this very specific, um, extremely lethal bad guys who will just drop you one shot. Yep, yep. And it just put you in this, like, mindset. And I think that's the same thing with Thief, is that it put you in this mindset of, like, I'm a fragile human being. Yeah, yeah. I am, I'm going to play because um, a very specific way because I'm so fragile. Yeah. Um, God, it's just so elegant. Yeah. I mean, I... I just never connected with the Doom Doom or Quake games. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, they were fine, yeah. right? I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But, like... The fact that you just like you get shot and then you wake up, you know, it's just like whatever, you know, it just it just seems so meaningless, right? And like, but yeah, I, you know, so the games like Thief and like Rainbow Six, like those were totally like like the way I liked it. There's one really, so I think Thief is like they do some really like elegant things, and one of them was um, there's a lean button, mm-hmm. and the way they did the lean button, I think, is really great because like you just hold down this lean modifier, okay. Um, and then you move like uh, actually I don't remember the details. <laughs> you hold it was, the thing was that there was a lean modifier yeah. and like it wasn't about like leaning left leaning right. You just hold the lean modifier and then you, you could like lean. So you could lean a little or you could lean a lot. Is I that... think uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean the, the the point the the thing I was getting at was that one of the things that they do, which is to this day still amazing, is you can lean into a door. Mm-hmm. And it'll eavesdrop the conversation that's happening on the other oh, side. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And it's such like a clean, um, like streamlined, smart way of uh, not adding another button, of not adding some like I don't know button prompt that appears on the screen. You just do it, and it just feels natural. Yeah, it's um, funny how like I hate watching cutscenes, but like. I'll eavesdrop for like ten minutes on some <laughs> stupid guard conversation just because, like, I don't know, I, I can't yeah. explain it. <laughs> so one of my things is I, as much as I, I so I love Planescape Torment, uh, but generally speaking, I don't like like text in games. Like, sure. if you make me, if you pause the game and show me a, a text pop up, I'll, I'll get, I'll go to sleep immediately. Um, and then, but when a game has like text that's in the world itself Mm -hmm. like is printed on the back of a cereal box (laughs) (laughs) or uh you know a brochure that's that's true that is i i I can see that in your games definitely that's where that's where your text shows up (laughs) and yeah like you i'll 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 spend all the time in the world (laughs) like oh i gotta look through all the books now yeah yeah (laughs) but like if if the tech if the brochure text was instead uh like a ui 2d pop-up screen I would, my eyes would glaze over it immediately. <laughs> and I don't... Yeah. I can't really explain that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, all right. So what else was going on in your life at this time? Like, you were... You know, I guess you were growing up in the 90s, basically. Yeah. And, like, you know, played um, a lot of video games, <laughs> obviously. But, like, what else What else were you thinking you were doing? Like... Um, yeah. I was... I was really into 
Um, uh, like playing video games is a big thing. Just making like Doom mods mm-hmm. was my my major hobby. Okay. Um, I was also really into doing uh, 2D or scale model building. Okay. Um, so you, really, oh, you mean physically? Right. right or you made right. models. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, what? What type of models? A lot of Star Wars, a lot of World War II stuff. So is this like the stuff where you glue a bunch of pieces together? Yeah, you, you, you paint snap it. out a bunch of plastic pieces. And, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that stuff. Um, I was into they called it uh, kit bashing. Okay. So kit bashing is when you um, you get pieces from other scale models, mm-hmm. and you just kind of like mash them into something some sort of new combination okay um so like, like in a set way or like you're just being creative with it oh just just being like just being creative with it so okay. like just using the raw parts to yep. do something weird um so like you know take the seats from this 1950 chevy take this jet engine from this air, you know, airplane whatever um and my big thing was my my uh crowning achievement was uh I was really into Command and Conquer, mm-hmm. um, and they had this uh, this vehicle called the the, the Dune Buggy, mm-hmm. which is kind of like this vehicle made from like uh, they look like thick metal pipes. Right. Um, and what I did was to kind of create that framework for those pipes. I got the um, they call it sprue. Sprue is what the plastic pieces of the model kit comes in. It looks mm-hmm. like a framework of pipes, uh, which is garbage. Okay. And you throw it away. Right. Um, <laughs> but like, you use a sprue because like, it's it's a plastic piece. It's a thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I made my little like, Command & Conquer fan art. Wow. 3D fan art. Physical fan art. <laughs> yeah. 3D fan art. Wow, awesome. <laughs> cool. So you like yeah. you liked RTS games? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you played I, StarCraft and Age of Empires and yeah. all those games? Yeah, uh, I was really into all of them. Um, I was really into... So, <laughs> kind of my big thing with RTS games was if it has a way for me to heal my units, <laughs> I, will devote, I will devote endless hours into it. If you do not give me that option, I'll uh, uh, I'll play for a bit. It'll okay, so you were into the what was he the missionary unit and was that who he was? Uh, oh, uh, the Age uh, of Empires. That's what I, I played with last. I remember there was like some sort of like padre or piece right, piece, yeah. missionary that you could like. I think it was on a donkey or something. You know, like heal your guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the medic and Starcraft, medic, and, which was only in Brood War because original Starcraft. Oh, yeah. So you're <laughs> so like, this game sucks. <laughs> Oh wait! <laughs> Brood War has a medic. Things are different now. Yeah. Uh, would you? There, would you? Pl- uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, there's just, there's just something about uh, preserving your little people. Uh huh. Oh, were like, you like? I don't want any of my guys to die. Yeah, I was. Like, I build my guy, so you'd like attack a little bit, pull back as soon as they might die. Exactly. That's what RTS is really like throwing your guys into the maw. I and mean, that like... drove me crazy because like <laughs> I, that's not like my playstyle, and like games that didn't support my playstyle of of not amassing fifty thousand people. Just like uh, I don't, I don't. Did you ever this. play Company of Heroes? That is the RTS that ruined all other RTS games for me. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> like as soon as you said that, I'm like I bet you like Company of Heroes. <laughs> um, we play that every day at the office for like. 
a year or two. Okay. It's just, that awesome. game is just brilliant. And like, yeah, as I, soon as I saw the whole thing of like, you know, you got five units and you move them over to like a bush or a fence or mm-hmm. something, and it shows like the little dots of where mm-hmm. all the guys goes. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, it's just so tangible, right? Like, you know, you're not just playing this abstract like tile-based world. It's yes. like this thing, you know, it's like this little, little model or something. And your guys are adapting to it. Yeah. Or the guys that go in the buildings and now they're protected. You must love that. Right, I loved it. <laughs> and then the building can like have systemic damage on yeah, it, and yeah. like there's holes that appear on it, and then yeah. the whole those holes like affect the simulation. I could come to Heroes is, is I've copied so much things. From it. Okay. <laughs> it is like one of my top five games of all time. Um, okay, so I get we'll, yeah. we'll get to Andy, Adam Zombie Smasher, but I assume sure. there's probably a lot of stuff from Company of Heroes then. In, yeah. In, uh, it's all over the place. Yeah, it is extremely coming here. Right, right. Okay. Huh, interesting. Huh, cool. Okay. <laughs> but you you play multiplayer. Like, is that the way you prefer to play RTS games? Um, I played a lot of multiplayer Warcraft 2. And okay. that was, like, my big multiplayer game. Um, Were you good at them? No. Okay. So I'm actually really bad at RTS games. <laughs> okay. I, I, I like the concept of them. I like the idea of them. Okay. But would you, um, would you yeah. play single player then to kind of yeah, like deal right. with the fact that yeah. you would always lose or whatever? Especially when they give me the pause button, like plus functionality. <laughs> okay. And they let you like still do order and pause functionality. Yeah. That's that's my yeah that's my catnip. Uh, in in, in off world we have the game auto pause anytime you make a decision. Oh. Like without that's like good. like every time you place a building. Yeah. Like the game just auto pauses for you. Uh, or, you found, or like you want to you want to place some pirates you apply pirates the whole game pauses um, because yeah I was like it's a single player game like I don't care about the AI yeah. like you know let's <laughs> you know let, give you your time to make your decision because we'd hear people bring this up all the time like oh you can be able to give orders while the game's pause I'm like uh-huh. yeah of course you know like <laughs> you know it's like you know it, it just works like that by default but like it seems like there are a lot of people who are very apprehensive about or worried about like people feeling like when you pause the game it should like block the whole screen and like this is not how you play an RTS game you know (laughs) what are you doing you bad player um yeah which I guess like fits for a certain type of game I think people should play games how they want to play their games (laughs) who are we to tell them how they how they should play their games. I mean, obviously, when yeah. it's multiplayer, whatever, you sure. can't pause a multiplayer game. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I understand that's, like, what, the reason why those things are like that. But uh, And I think we have an option where you can ch- turn that off. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to play single player, and I want to take away, like, that my temptation to, like, pause the game. For yeah. those actions per minutes players. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and, like, although we don't get a whole lot of those. Like, <laughs> we're basically for the people who, like, are like, I want to play an RTS game that has no action. Like, all right, I... I gotta put. I keep making this joke. I've probably made this joke like four times on the podcast, so my apologies, to people listening here. But like, I want to put an actions per minute counter for off world because at the end it's going to be like you had an action per minute of six. <laughs> you really killed it this game. Yeah, you know? that's a, it's a high number. <laughs> <laughs> Every ten seconds, you made a choice. You know, you're really, you're really racking it up. Um, yeah, because yeah, like we would do things of like you know you buy and sell stuff in the market, right? You, mm. you, Click, you know, purpose buy and the minus sign to sell, and that was always kind of like a big thing. And like, you know, what? let's just have a button where you hit the button, it sells everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, that's even easier. And then like, but you know what? We can go, we can go farther. Let's have a thing where you hold a button and you 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 know hold on control, hit sell. Now it's on auto sell, and uh-huh. it's going to automatically sell it for you. You don't have to worry about it. It's great. You like set that up, and you you literally lean back and like think right. about the game instead of like clicking on a bunch of buttons, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I like it when UI just gets out of your way. Right. <laughs> I think that's ideal for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, like, 
you know, we get so used to like a way of games have always worked and like but at the end of the day like what's the player experiencing right, right. like that's ultimately the thing that matters yeah. and you know anything you can do to make that better just watching a player like do a play test seeing something that they're doing and like how can i have them do this faster or like with less friction or yep. you know yeah yeah cool cool um all right, so we were, what were we talking about? RTS games. You're talking about what you're doing in general. All right, so you're going through high school, like when you're doing yeah. mod, uh, do mods. Is that kind yeah. of about right? Okay, that's about right. Um, and uh, what did you think you were going to do with your life? I Man. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in my in my sixth grade kind of yearbook, uh-huh. they asked you like, what do you want to be? Yeah, and I wrote down. Video game designer. Really? So I was awesome. I was, I was the John Carmack Doom bug bit me, and I, I could not let go of that. Would you have known who they were at that point when you were in sixth grade? No. Oh. What's that? <laughs> who John Carmack was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you, know, you knew. I assume you knew who they were when Doom came out, right? Right, right, right. Um, yes, yes, because I played a lot of Commander Keen. Okay, which okay. Was, which predated Doom. Yeah. Well, this this comes up recently often on the podcast of mm-hmm. like people who you know eventually become video game developers, and you often ask like, did, is that what you thought you were going to do when you were like a kid or a teenager or whatever? And mm-hmm. usually it's like, no, I had no idea. I had no idea that was even like like uh, a thing. Like a lot of people who were like played on consoles are like, I thought games just magically came from Japan. Or, like that was like they had some sort of magical factory where video games spit out. You know, like they. Yeah. You know, there is so it's un, actually unusual to hear that like that young you actually thought that's what you wanted to do. Um, uh, I mean, I definitely did not think I'd be making games on my own because that's right. that was unheard of. Sure, you would have to work in a building with other people in a big, you know, in a company. Yeah, um, but yeah, I really wanted because I, I knew that human beings made them, so right. I figured, yeah, yeah. why can't I be one of those people? Right. All right. Cool. And so, is that like when you're making do mods? I mean, it's not necessarily like you thought. You're gonna like I'm gonna make a game and make a lot of money, but where you're like I want to I want to make I want to make video games, so I'm just gonna start making video games. I mean, yeah, like I I mean it was just something that even if I wasn't doing this as a job professionally, I would be doing it as a hobby just because okay. like I just love it so much. Just like the you know creating something, this little world to walk around. Um, it was just something that once I started, I just couldn't stop doing it. Right. Okay. All right, so and so it was the first stuff you did were these. I mean, I guess you did some basic stuff, but the first major stuff you did were these Doom mods. Yeah, um, right. Now, what I mean, I never, I never modded Doom, so obviously, I know you can like mess around with the geometry and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, was there a script or like, did you have to write code or like, how did that work? Uh, yeah, um, it's been a while, but the way the scripting works was that so basically, uh, think of the Doom editor as a uh, as you put down dots. Mm-hmm. And then you connect the dots, and that creates a room. Um, so if you want to create a hallway, you would just like create two more dots and just extend it off that existing room. Um, and then, so what the way the scripting works is that, uh, let's see, it was either on the actual room or the line, but like when you enter it, you can make it like trigger something else. Mm-hmm. Um, open this door, or you know, make the staircase kind of rise out of the ground. Um, so it's basically just like triggers that you put down, um, but like beyond like moving geometry around, you're just kind of uh, you couldn't like do things with characters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then with stuff later, like 
you know, Quick and he- Half Life came out, that was yeah. like, what are you guys doing? This is bananas. Like, okay. you could actually make characters like do things and script things around. Um, but yeah, back in those times. So, so was there wasn't really a, a real scripting language inside of Doom. Was, yeah, it was kind of like a... Like there was triggers and events, so he has a limited right. set of things that could trigger a limited set of verbs, I guess, or whatever, actions. Yeah. And you could put them together, but that was it, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not like you, had, you didn't have, like, variables you could keep track of, or... I'm trying to think back, but I, I don't remember having that functionality. Right. Um, you definitely do now, because people have made so much, like, Doom ports, and, like, Hexen and Heretic kind of expanded it to have this incredible, like, scripting language and everything. Okay. Maybe they're using that. Or, I mean, I guess, I mean, eventually they just use the source code, right? In which case, right. people yeah. just can do whatever people they just want, want to. Right? With it. Mm-hmm. Okay. When did they lose the source code? Oh, that's a good question. I don't remember the actual Yeah. Bit. I mean, I guess, I mean, in relation to you, like, you never, at this point, you weren't jumping into the source code and, like, you know, trying to. No, I, know, been I definitely don't have the school set to do that. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So you're, you're making mods. Um, you're in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess, you know, did you go to college next, basically, or what happened? Um, yeah. Uh, I went to college, and Where where did you go? I went to UC San Diego. Okay. Um, and, like, I knew that I wanted to do video games, but video games... Did you grow up in LA? Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. Um... But, like, video games were not a thing that Mm. were at schools. Okay. So what did you decide to study Um, then? Yeah, so I thought, you know, I... I'm gonna I'm gonna be in school. I might as well learn something that I want to learn more about and mm-hmm. interested in. So I studied uh, film. Okay. Um, so I was in the art program and um, yeah, just learned about you know how how about storytelling stuff about like some writing stuff. Um, Were you really into film? Because that's I was. Come up yet. You were okay. Yeah, I was. I was me and my family are we watch a lot of movies and it was like um you know we made a lot of so we made our type of movies or you would make you'd make movies yeah we'd make our like you know my siblings and i we'd get our camcorder and just yeah, make sure. movie stuff yeah um yeah and we would just like watch a lot of stuff like around the uh some point during the 90s there was kind of an independent movie boom right and that kind of, you know, opened my eyes of like, um, also for video games and that it was like, you see these filmmakers and they don't have a budget mm-hmm. and they are, they, you know, they, they're working on scraps mm-hmm. and they still make these like great, interesting, funny movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, like, as what like, are the ones like name some of the ones that inspired you from that? Yeah, uh, um, I'm trying to think back. Uh, like uh, Robert Rodriguez made the movie sure. the yeah. El Mariachi, yep. um, and like he no, that was really on the budget. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was like, extremely like crazy. <laughs> uh, like Reservoir Dogs was yep. a very like you know uh, uh, the Richard Linklater stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just these, you know, it was very inspiring to see they didn't have much. Like, they were using wheelchairs to do dolly shots, and, like, this is wild. Mm. So for me, as, like, a high school modder making my goofy, like, Quake 2 stuff, uh, yeah, I was like, well, I mean, this is something I could do. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, all right. You didn't you didn't think of getting into computer science? N- no. Does this because so at this point you no longer did you no longer want to be a video game? No, I design? definitely did. I very much did. You um, didn't want to be a, like a director or something. You still wanted to make video games? Yeah, uh, I wanted to do um, level design, like specifically. Okay. But you didn't. Um, you, did you? So did you think about computer science or? Uh, no, because I felt that computer science kind of. It didn't feel close to what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like I felt, I felt was, like level design and programming are not things that I generally associate together. Okay. Um, which is a little bit funny because the reason why I started kind of teaching myself programming stuff during college um, was because I was hitting my ceiling of like what I can do with level design. So I started like, yeah. well, I. I want to do more, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to start modifying like values here and yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I felt like, well, I mean, I want to do level design, but we don't have anything that... Uh, the closest thing that I felt related to that was kind of learning film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually really happy that I did, because like, I felt that the things that I learned in kind of making my college projects and kind of like... Um, um, thinking about how information gets conveyed to viewers and, uh, you know, how, uh, how to make someone kind of understand something kind of like greatly kind of influence kind of what I do now. Mm-hmm. Like, can you give an example, like something that you use, you've used recently that you'd say comes directly from this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the, uh, <laughs> an adage that one of my professors had was, um, when you have a shot in a film, mm-hmm. you can either make the shot last a little bit too long, mm-hmm. and the viewer becomes bored, right? Or you can make it cut a little bit too short and leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. And so for games, I kind of tend to not overstand my stay to kind of like mm-hmm. get in, do something, and then you know get out before the player kind of starts uh, you know getting bored right yeah. right right okay yeah, yeah well I can I can definitely see that <laughs> <laughs> that's true um cool uh alright so but you still wanted to be a video game developer yeah um so, so for pretty much all of or a lot of college I was still just making at this time I was getting into half-life editing okay because the source code was Right. Uh, so, your, so your mods are getting more ambitious, I assume. Yeah, I was like trying to. I kind of like got, I don't know, experimental phase or something like that, where like I did a top down space shooter game. I did a kind of a. What does pers- that What does that mean? You're oh, it was in, like you're flying a ship around. Right in the Half Life. In the Half Life engine. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, like my Star Control clone. Basically. Right. Okay. Um, I did like a procedural generation. Ghost Recon type game where it's like it creates a landscape. Creates the level for you? Yeah, it creates landscape with like grass textures and like trees and all that stuff. Was that um, hard to do in the Half Life engine? Uh, if it's not built for procedural generation, but. It's not, but I mean, it's basically just spawning objects, objects in the world. That's right. Okay. I should just say random generation. It's more of like. <laughs> There weren't many rules involved there. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just like 
dipping my toes into programming because right. it was something that uh, I wanted to do more. And like I was, was that was that script or would that have been C or C plus plus or this, what was uh, it was either C or C plus plus one of okay. those two. So did you did you like teach yourself about pointers and like all that <laughs> stuff? Like there's there's a couple like roadblocks yeah. that like saw people. So like how'd you get over that hump? So the thing with doing um, gameplay code is that for gameplay code you can kind of avoid doing That's the more thing. yeah the low low level stuff. Um, for what? just. Yeah, for pure gameplay code, kind of just becomes scripting yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. Um, a lot of programming is really straightforward. Like, I really think most people could do it. It's the like be, being able to like get the little box to play in that's the hard part. Yeah. Like I don't even know how to do that now after twenty years of you know being like a you know working programmer or whatever. Like, like I don't. Anytime I have to start a project, I'm like, I want to go talk to, like, a better programmer than me and, like, please set up a project for me so I have a little world and then, you know, place the camera and give me some objects and then I can start writing, you know, if-then statements and for loops because that's what I know how to do, you know? Yeah, and then once once all that, like, uh, boilerplate infrastructure is set up, you're just able to just get going on the gameplay code and the gameplay code is just, like, it feels like designer scripting. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's the big hump for a lot of people with programming is, like, mm-hmm. if I say, yeah, just just start programming, I mean, that's, you know, what most people are completely <laughs> fail at, like, that, right? Like, how do you get to the point? Which is why it's great to work inside of, like, that's why the modding scene, I think, is really neat because yep. you just start with, like, some small change inside something that's already working. I mean, that's how you got, that's how you got to that little box, right? Yeah, because, um, like, the game works and right. it's up to you to just, like, tweak it here yeah. and there to make whatever you want. Yeah, if something stops working, it's like, well, it's probably the thing that I just did yeah. 10 minutes ago <laughs> that made it stop working, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, cool. All right, I mean, is there, is there anything from this period that, like, stands out of, like, something you made that you're uh, proud of? Yeah, I mean, it was around this time that I I made a series of Quake 2 maps called Citizen Able. Okay. Um, I was really into branding for some reason. <laughs> you were planned early. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was it was kind of fun to make because like um, it was fun because like those those enable maps kind of became like the the groundwork for what I'll do later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun to to just use that name again because mm-hmm. it just felt good to like yeah, call back this, this long running franchise <laughs> I've always been working this has been my plan all along it all makes sense okay so what, what happened in those mods originally like the original so this is enable what was what uh, they were not story based game well they were they were about yeah uh, they had traditional like Quake 2 gameplay mm. um you had shotguns, you had machine guns, you shot a lot of bad guys in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun to to play around with uh, trying to shoehorn in like story stuff into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at, I think at this time, uh, and I guess it's still going on, but like putting story stuff into first person games has is kind of this, this ongoing thing. Like, how do you make it work? And like, right, how right. do you do it? Yeah. Um, and it was fun to try to do it in a way that you know, I wanted to see games do it. Right. What, I mean, what were you trying to do? I mean, for a lot of people, that means like, well, I'm going to have a bunch of cutscenes, right? Right. <laughs> like, and then you're going to go through these levels or whatever. So like, what were you trying to do? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I was trying to do story in a way that um, uh, that that kind of tried to not take away control from the player. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I tried to do stuff that I thought would be like funny. Mm-hmm. Um, can, and like, can you think of anything specifically that you remember? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I I tried to put jokes in them. They were not mm-hmm. good, but um, I don't have a specific example right now. But right, sure. Yeah, they were they were very. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Of the time, probably. Yeah. So <laughs> is what you get from a someone from nineteen years old. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Were you sharing these online mm-hmm. at the time? Yeah. Uh, what was really cool is that at this particular time period was um, there were many websites online in which you can send your map to, uh-huh. and they will write a review for it. Wow. Okay. Um, this is not like some weird site there was, this was like a series of sites that just mm-hmm. did this um, because modding maps was this incredibly popular thing mm-hmm. um, like you were seeing new Quake 1 mods and maps just like every single week okay um, uh, yeah so it was, it was just exciting to like to to have this outlet to release games to and to have people kind of like talking about your maps yeah and, oh, that's cool you know well, so what would, what would people say about your maps uh yeah they would they would <laughs> I actually met one of the writers of the reviews at GDC this year oh. and it was it was a trip because uh the I think the feedback at the time was like yeah they're they're kind of funny they're they're they do some kind of like uh, funky interesting stuff with story stuff um but they're very light on gameplay. <laughs> very light on gameplay. Very light on gameplay. Because, <laughs> like in my mind, like when you're, if you're, uh, uh, when I'm imagining, so in Citizen Able games, you're kind of like this this mercenary con- gun for hire. Mm-hmm. And like the way that I saw it was that uh, if I'm like a if I'm a hired contract person, and I'm on on a mission. I'm probably not going to kill 500 people. <laughs> it's not going to help you probably kill gonna the be, one person yeah. that you're trying to get to. It's probably going to be a more reasonable number than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that was my, my philosophy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Body count's far too low on this map. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Which is fair, because like the maps being made at that time were very much quake too, and, you know, we moped down a lot of bad guys. Right, right, cool. All right, was there, like, a... Was there? Did you have like a certain following of people who like were getting onto the stuff that you were doing? Uh, uh, I don't know if I can say following, but like I made some like friends, friends who, yeah, yeah. Were like, know, oh, this is kind of weird. Kind of shared yeah, yeah. ideals and like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, it was a really good time. Yeah, cool. All right, um, and all right, so you did this stuff. And I guess you graduated from college, and then mm-hmm. is this when you started working at? at uh, what, what uh, yeah, yeah. So after college, I uh, graduated, and I thought, okay, I should get a job now. Right. I want to do game design. Yeah, I, yeah. Want, I want to work at a video company. I want to make video games. Um, so I basically spent about a year living at home with my parents, mm-hmm. applying to video game companies. Right. Um, where, and I, I where was did in, you apply? Just, oh boy, just. 
every company that was out there. Um, yeah, but like whatever whatever company was out there, I would send an application or yeah. send a resume to. Um, and I, I couldn't get any traction anywhere. Mm. Uh, reasonably so, because I literally had you know no experience doing games. Right. I had a portfolio of like Quake Two maps and mm. things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's not that's not terrible though. Real in front of that era, I mean, like, yeah, you know, like someone coming out of college. There's lots of people coming out of college, and right. even now, like getting resumes. What's been long since I've looked at resumes, but like, um, like you know, you get entry level people, and like if they have real projects or mods or prototypes, like it's a huge difference. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I I did that and. It wasn't until like about a year later mm-hmm. that um, uh, yeah, I got a job offer from Pandemic Studios. Okay. Over in Los Angeles. Um, at this time, they was that were, your first interview for a game job? Uh, I also interviewed at Raven. Okay. Over in Wisconsin. Um, yeah. Other than that, those were the two that I interviewed at. Mm-hmm. And um, all right, you got the job at Pandemic. Yeah, yeah. They were known for... What had they done at that point? They were known for Star Wars Battlefront 1 and okay. 2. And they had done... Um, they had done the Army Men RTS. Mm-hmm. And, Did you uh, know Wallace Swang? I do. He was my one of my roommates. <laughs> at, at Stanford. Uh, that's hilarious. He's, that's, a, he's in LA now. And yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> But I liked him a lot. We were, we were friends. Like, he's he he's a good, wonderful he's a good guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, this funny. is that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, What's he? Do you know what he's doing now? He is. I believe he's doing the Call of Duties. Oh, he's in the uh, one. Is one of the Call of Duty studios. Yeah. 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 Last time I I heard. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, and when I when I, I joined Pandemic Studios, I guess I should say he. I know he he worked at Pandemic. That's why. I yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you knew you knew all it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the I think the week that I joined was the week that they released the first Mercenaries game, mm-hmm. um, which, for the record, one of the best open world games there is. All right, excellent. <laughs> cool. uh, yeah, and I was I was hired for the project. Uh, full spectrum warrior two. Okay. Um, as what? What were you? As a level designer. As a level designer. Okay. Right. Um, so full spectrum warrior was a uh, console game, uh, console NPC um, tactics game where you control kind of a, a squadron of um, American, American soldiers, um, and it was kind of cool. It was incredibly like. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. Yeah. You control a squadron. Yeah. So was it, was it like an RTS? It was like an RTS. Oh, okay. Um, I was also confused. I never played it. And I was okay. like, I was like, I was like, this seems like I'm not quite sure what this game is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so think of it as you have two squadrons: Alpha Squadron and the mm-hmm. Bravo Squadron. Um, and then you press a button to like swap between the two. Oh, right. And it was a console game too. It's a console which game. Made me even more confused. Right. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you. Do not have direct control over them. Okay. So you kind of control this like glowing cursors on the ground. And what do you? Okay. What do you have control over? Uh, the cursor on the ground. So it kind of it was kind of like a it was very much like an RTS um, kind of scheme, 
where you control this, this giant glowing cursor on the ground, and then you move it over like behind this piece of cover. You press A, and then your your squadron like move over there. Okay. Um, and the game was all about kind of flanking and suppressing. So okay. the the tactic was like you would send you would tell Bravo team to like suppress this enemy okay. that's been in this cover. Um, and then you would like send Alpha Squadron around the corner to like flank them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very like this was this was cover shooter before cover shooters were sure, a yeah. thing. And uh, would your guys start automatically shooting, or were like there different commands of like shoot now or like hold your fire? Uh, I think you you would you would order them to like to start firing, um, uh-huh. but they would and also would you point them, or would they just kind of like automatically figure out what to do? Right, you would. You'd enter like fire mode, and then there'd be like a giant cursor. Then you like point the camera toward the direction you want them to fire. Mm. Was this uh, all happening in real time? It's all real time. No, 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 nice auto pausing. <laughs> no pause. Okay, uh, but yeah, was that a problem? Like, well, the game was was uh, uh, the the encounters were designed in such a way that there was like a solution, mm-hmm. and like. Oh, the solution was they were like, like puzzle-ish. They were they, were they were puzzle-ish. Like it was still a simulation. Like yeah. um, uh, like you could you could get flanked, and like your guys will start trying to defend themselves, but things like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was there's generally like a way to win the any given encounter. Um, but yeah, it was like a really clean, tightly designed game. Okay. Um, so was it was it good? Like were you? Uh, yeah. So I worked on this. I did. I worked on a sequel, oh, uh, okay. and I joined about halfway through development or so. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it, it it was fun. Yeah. It was good. Um, so it, you made these encounters? Like you, you designed the level, like, you know, there are excellent missions that you made. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did one of the campaign missions and I did the tutorial level. Okay. Um, which was the tutorial level design was fun for a junior designer like me because it had the most like magnitudes more scripting. Oh, than, like, sure, every it's the other tutorial. Level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Traditionally, that's not where you necessarily want to put the, your new guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. On the other hand, tutorials are never the most popular. <laughs> like, I want to work on the tutorials. I love tutorials. Like so, part of the reason I got hired. Uh, I think was I made part of my portfolio was I include this Half-Life one mod I did called uh, Bootleg Squadrog and in this mod um, it was you and your army commando friends mm-hmm. um, so the, the premise was you were infiltrating the Black Mesa Half-Life facility okay. the day before Gordon Freeman does his thing okay. um, and it's all about you kind of like uh, doing coordinated kind of squad maneuvers with mm-hmm. your friends. Um, so, like, a lot of it was, like, you would go up to this trigger, your your buddies would, like, st- uh, stack up against the corner. Um, this guy would, like, be torching open the door while this guy was doing this thing. Um, so it had, like, uh, this pretty uh, heavy amount of scripting stuff in it. Um, so when they, when they looked for someone to do the scripting stuff... I guess, you know, I had experience doing mm-hmm. that level of things. Right. Um, yeah, and the project was, uh, it was extremely, uh, I, I was, I was extremely happy to be in this environment mm. in which you're just around 
these amazing designers. Right. So you were just people. like, you were just jazzed. Like, uh, yeah, I was just, I'm making video <laughs> games. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Just every day, you uh-huh. just, they're paying you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember that phase of my career where I was just kind of like, I don't really care what happens to me today. <laughs> like, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm do this thing. Yeah. But just everyone there was just like so smart and like they had uh-huh. worked on, you know, they were all veterans and they all knew what they were yeah. doing. Um, and just like being able to absorb all that was yeah. incredible. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so, what'd you work on next after that? Um, after that, I worked on a game called Lord of the Rings Conquest, which okay. is also at Pandemic Studios. Okay. Um, which one was that? Uh, kind of the, the pitch for it is basically, what if you took Battlefield in 1942 and oh. added Lord of the Rings? Okay. I think I remember, um, so I think I remember that now. Yeah. Third-person action game, yeah, yeah. kind of low to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this was the first like commercial project that I had been on from the very beginning to the very end. Mm-hmm. And what were you, a level designer on this too? Yeah, I was a level designer. Um, but I mean, the the kind of the, the great thing about pandemic was that the teams were kind of small enough mm-hmm. that um you ended up wearing different hats mm-hmm. so like i was my, my official position was a little designer but like i still um got to work on the design for the third person camera mm-hmm. and i got to basically be the um the multiplayer designer mm-hmm. um uh yeah, so I mean, I just got to like be exposed to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to be the multiplayer designer? Like, like the game modes and like yeah. the way that um, uh, spawning stuff works and all mm-hmm. systems work, um, which is really fun. Like multiplayer yeah. design is like single player design is just one of those things where it's like, I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah. Maybe it'll be good, maybe not. Yeah. But multiplayer design, you just need half an hour in a room full of people and yeah. you know immediately this is broken this is good yeah. change this change this change this yeah no I, yeah. I know I mean you know yeah, this yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that was the very beginning of, the off, of off world you know we didn't worry yeah. about single player we just went, went, for my, went, went right for multiplayer right away and yeah like and did the same with Civ 4 we did multiplayer immediately that's really smart yeah I think like I think I heard the Starcraft people do this also where it's like yeah I mean they focus just on multiplayer they make it like as complex as they want yeah and then they kind of like start whittling it down for single player yeah yeah because then you'll waste so much time working on like AI for stuff that you might just get tossed out entirely yeah. right like what's the point um, just have human beings be yeah like. I know <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I would have a hard time working in a game that had no multiplayer component. Uh, like, I mean, the, when you work on, on I guess, well, see, all of your games are single player, right? So, right, for the most part. Yeah. Did any, which, can you play any of your games multiplayer? There's, like, local multiplayer stuff. For? But, uh, for Adam Zombie Smasher. And for oh, really? Yeah. How do you play it multiplayer? Uh, you just play a controller. In it. So, it's, like, two different people controlling yep. the, the characters? Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> it's a... It's a uh, messy co-op mode. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, like, but generally speaking, you're making single player stuff. And right. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's what I would be afraid of is like years of terror. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like, is this is this actually going to be fun by the time I get to the end of it? You know, like, how do you get the iterative loop going? You know, and like, right. there's ways, of course, right? Like, you do. Like, I'm just going to finish one level, right? And like, then we'll see. But yeah. But still, like, yeah, that seems scary. <laughs> 
Um, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I get some of that at the end, right? Like, you know, we got half of, you know, half of offer was getting this, the multiplayer working, but then the mm. second half for me was like designing the single player campaign. Mm. Right. And like, and that was a lot harder, you know, and I don't think necessarily I did as good a job on that part as I did on the first part, you know, um, just because, you know, still at the end of the day, a lot of the things, a lot of the decisions I made were guesses, right? Like I probably mm. played through the campaign maybe, I don't know, you know, five or six times completely right. because it's like a multi-hour experience and you just have to like, you know, and each time I go through, I'd end up with this huge list of notes. Yeah. And I was like, how many times could I do this? Like, <laughs> will I ever go through and I don't have a huge list of notes at the end, right? Like, You just ship it one day. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, it seems like the definition of being done should be you play through the game and you have no notes. But when is that going to happen? When you're 90 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we were you were working on uh, Lords of the, Lord of the Rings Conquest. Yes. That was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a. Uh, so what was your what were your like tools like? Did you guys have your own engine? We so our team uh-huh. the full spectrum. So this is a full spectrum warrior kind of a the the tech team. Okay. Um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. incredible tech team okay. because uh, they had. Uh, very so pandemic used um, we used a proprietary engine and we have proprietary tools mm-hmm. um, and they were just built in a way that were very um, user centric I guess mm-hmm. like it still has it has a search function that I almost never see and I want to see in like everything that has a search function mm-hmm. where you start typing in and it'll do a substring search mm-hmm. And then you do a space bar, and you start typing in, and it treats spaces as an and operator. Okay. And, like, it made searching for things so much easier. Right. Um, and, then, you know, I had other, like, search operators, but, like, the entire tool was just made around, you know, letting you kind of create things really quickly. Right. Um, we had, like, live update, where um, in the editor, you can... So this is Xbox, the original Xbox... You connect the game, the running game, to the computer, mm-hmm. and in the tool you can like move a prop around, and in the game itself, and the engine will just update You'll automatically. Automatically, yeah. Um, That's good. That's really good. You can make stupid like developer game modes where like one developer on a computer can like move a flying disc around, mm-hmm. and then the player in the game can like jump on the disc, <laughs> and then you can like flip the player around in the editor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the the tools were were extremely good. Okay. Um, so, so it was a good it was a good system to work aside for building your levels. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I I also did the, or I was also one of the the main designers for the DLC afterwards for mm-hmm. the level design. Um, the DLC? level packs. Like level. Okay. Yeah, we had like some level packs where, um, I think there were like two or three maps. Uh-huh. Um. And it was my first time, kind of like quasi being the person, the, like the main design person. Yeah. Um, and it was like an incredible experience because our our producer mm-hmm. was this really like forward thinking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what one of the things that he did was he would integrate the different departments together. Mm-hmm. So, like, designers and programmers and artists would kind of, like, be in the same ball. 
Um, you mean physically? They're in the same area? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, physically. Um, and what ended up happening was that just by pure osmosis, we would all be so much more aware of like where we were, mm-hmm. what everyone's doing. Um, like I would learn more about the art process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art pro- the art people would like like be more uh, in the pipe of like what design was thinking about doing. Right. Um, so like that experience of making those DLC levels was like my best experience there because everyone was just on the same page. We didn't need, like we all just kind of telepathically knew what everyone's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it was multiplayer. So we could just like get that tight, tight iteration loop over and yeah. over again. Um, so when yeah. you, would you, how, how often would you guys play the game? Like when you do the multiplayer, like, uh, like a, yeah. Like a daily thing or like, you know, you play like weekly or something. If I remember correctly, I would just do like a daily multiplayer playtest, yeah, yeah. and if someone wanted to show up, they could. If they yeah, didn't yeah. want to, then that's fine. Right, right. Um, yeah, and then like you said, we just end up with like pages of notes, and yeah, we just yeah. like iterate on that. Yeah, cool. All right. So that project took what a couple of years or something, or what? Um, I want to say th- two or three, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And were you happy with it when you came out? Like, uh, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, it uh, it was it was, uh, like this this genre of game is something that like the, uh, it's kind of like a brawler, kind of like a fighting game, and these are the things I didn't really do very much. Um, Brawl? You mean like there was a lot of like melee combat in it? Yeah, yeah. So it was all about like people with, um, uh, you know, swordsmen, archers, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but for me, kind of the most interesting part was like from a level design perspective of making these levels that uh, supported this specific kind of gameplay. Yeah. Um, so the whatever, like, what was the thing you did that like you thought did it the best? Like the thing that you know, like, oh, it worked out really well because of what? Like, uh, yeah. So I mean, what what? So level, I think when we think of level design, we often think of guns because mm. like, that's what a lot of shooters are yeah um and like it was interesting to work on a game that was very much not about or not all about sight lines and not mm. all about like team cover um and so we had to kind of like relearn uh the level design process all over again to support players that could only attack uh you know four feet in front of them mm-hmm. um does that mean you make things narrow or open, or what does that mean? Like yeah, so it was kind of this. This you had to strike this balance between like you had archers, mm-hmm. and like every character had like an uh, an option to like like the swordsman could like pull an axe and like throw it. Yeah. Um, and so we had to Did support they have infinite axes. It was on a cooldown. It think. was on a cooldown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still basically. I always love how that works. Like, man, you must have a big bag of axes. Anyway, go ahead. It's uh, it was a magical time <laughs> in Middle Earth. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and so you had to like make a game, make the level support um, this kind of gameplay, and also support this kind of gameplay. Um, so it meant a lot of like a lot of choke points, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, you know getting ways for players to escape or like to jump on top of people right um yeah it was it was fun hmm. all right cool all right so what uh, what came next after that uh after and were you this... were you happy with like what you're doing at this point 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was kind of feeling the itch of like I uh, like at this point I I think this was a time that I made Gravity Bone. Oh, really? Okay. Right. Um, this right. is my spare time. I was like, oh, I I there's something I want to play with, but like um, uh, my company uh, Pandemic didn't really do like first person games. Yeah. Um, so right. thought, well, yeah. let's talk about Gravity Bone for a little bit. Like, yeah. What, uh, were you, what were you trying to do with that? I was trying to make a game where you shoot a lot of people in the face. And it was just like a very traditional... I don't remember shooting a lot of people in the face <laughs> in Gravity Bone. So I think you, uh, you deviated. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was supposed to be a very... Because it was supposed to be a sequel to my Citizen Able games. Right. Like, oh, Citizen Able, that was, that, was, that was a fun project. I'll mm-hmm. go back to that. Um, Does Citizen Able have that same art style of like the blocky head? No. It, it was So those were just mods for Quake 2. Oh, so, so those just used the Quake the quick two assets yeah. yeah okay um so i thought you know i i want i want to make a first person game mm-hmm. um so i just started like prototyping out different things um there were like different game like there were weird game mechanics i was playing with like i don't know grappling hooks like hacking into things um but like the more that i iterated on it the more it felt that the stuff that was not shooting things in the face was the most interesting thing. Because mm-hmm. um, at this point, like the first-person shooter genre had like um, I don't know evolved. This was around two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. It's like oh okay, there there are things that you can do that are not mm-hmm. just um, aiming a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, oh, what if I just went in the complete opposite direction? Mm-hmm. What if it was? Which so or even even early on mm-hmm. while you still had shooting, what was the thing in it that was like still interesting that wasn't shooting? Um, I think I had some like dialogue tree prototype stuff. Okay, that that was kind of funny. Okay. Um, so not necessarily actually any of the stuff that was ultimately like gravity bone. No, okay. no. Okay. Uh, but so mainly it's like you just started to, like what what happens if I just give up on the shooting? Right. Yeah. Like, what if that was, like, a hard, like, I don't know, design... Constraint. Constraint. Yeah. Just, like, no guns, mm-hmm. or no firing of guns. Um, uh, yeah, and then... It, like, the game is really short. Like, sure. it takes, yeah. I don't know, 15 minutes to play. Sure. But it took... I'm sure it took me longer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, in spite of the shortness, it took, like, I don't know... I had a hard time doing one of the jumps. It was one of the, uh, the flagpoles, right? Is that what you did? You jumped in the flagpoles across there. There's one particular I just couldn't get. Yeah, I think I actually like had to like quit and like I came back later. I'm like, I'm gonna do this stupid jump. And then I was like, and then I think the game ended like like two minutes after yes. that or something like that. And I was like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I so when I when I play it now, I definitely feel that I was still in the mindset of. Well, I don't, I don't have shooting, mm-hmm. but I still, I you still jump. I can still get jumping in. I, I need the gameplay. Yeah, so yeah. I, I got, really, that's I got, huh, interesting. I got to put the gameplay in there somewhere because I, you can't, you can't not have like actual mechanics. Huh. And I guess um, so. Three flights of loving kind of like didn't have anything like that. Is that right? I'm trying to remember. They, sometimes the games kind of melt together in my head. Yeah, Three flights of loving was later, um, and it did not have like that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of like the reason why that is is. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I sent like an email to the team saying, "Hey, I made this cool thing. Come check it out." And they all played it. 
and you said to whom? To the to the to the pandemic team, oh, okay, right. tour team there, um, and I didn't actually I didn't want to do that, but I was urged to do that by my um, because by the people on the team because they liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they were they were being very nice to me. Okay. Um, and our our systems designer, our systems engineer, uh, the very very smart guy, he was very smart and very direct person <laughs> he was playing it and uh he was at that exact same part that you're talking about the uh-huh. jumping part and he said brendan why, why are you why'd you even include player death in this yeah and like oh <laughs> i could just not include player death in a video game yeah I, yeah, it's true. I uh, I didn't think it was weird at the time, just because again, like it was just so common. Like, oh, here's the jumping part. Yeah. But you know, the rest of it was all totally weird and different. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So then that's kind of like how Thirty Flights was like. Oh, okay. I where, don't. Where did you uh, Where did you get the idea to put in the the number stations? Oh. <laughs> I, I never knew about those until. Oh. Okay. Bone. Yeah, I I was just interested in them. I used to be interested in um, pseudoscience and okay. conspiracy theories. Right. That used to be my, my high school like Inter- Interested them in, at what yeah. level? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was just something I, I used to like be think was kind of interesting. Um, right, right, right. So number stations is just this weird funky thing that's in the world. So, yeah. oh, you know what? I'm going to include this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it definitely gave it a tone, that's for sure. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is this? You must have had something in there that actually said what they were, because then I remember I, like, researched it. Oh. So you must have, like, had, like, the word, like explained what it was somewhere. I don't even remember, yeah. Because I, I can't imagine how I would have been able to figure out... The uh, term, number the term, station. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, well... Maybe one of the reviews I read about it, like, referenced that. Maybe that's how I figured it out. But anyway, whatever. So that was pretty cool. Uh, to, <laughs> to, like... I mean, to me, the thing that stood out was, like, just the tone. Right? Like, like this just is, like... You know, it's just, it's just kind of dreamlike, right? Like, um, and then I don't sure what's going on. But, okay. Now, this is intentionally, like, a bad question. Sure. Because this is, like, just a stupid thing to ask. But, like, you get to the end... Then there's like this weird race, and I guess you fall over. I don't remember exactly, but like, yeah. What does this mean? Hey there. Did you know that the best place to hide something in plain sight is at the end of a podcast? Some of you may know that I'm working on a new turn-based 4X strategy game called Ten Crowns, and we are looking for beta testers. If you are interested, please email me your name and a short history of your involvement with 4X and Civ-style games to testerapplications at mohawkgames.com.